High Crush Barbecue Show. I'm your host, Abe Delgado. And in this episode, I interview the very talented photographer and entrepreneur, Ben Sasani. This family man who got into photography to take clear pictures for his family albums has converted this passion into a successful career. He photographs beautiful ethnic weddings and also has a project entitled Shoot My Chef, which was an idea from a late friend of his. We chat about his photography business, his side projects, and we dive deep into his latest creation, Barbecue Confessional, which has taken the barbecue community by storm. Barbecue Confessional is a series of personal stories that are usually reserved for close friends and family, but Ben manages to get the stories out. You can find the narratives featured on Instagram with a beautiful black and white portrait of the author. We'll get the inside scoop on some of the stories. We learn about how the process works. You'll definitely want to follow Ben and look at his business websites to get a glimpse of his true talent. You can find him on Instagram, also on Facebook at BBQ Confessional. He has a hashtag BBQ Confessional. His photography work is SasaniPhotography.com and then ShootMyChef.com is his other cool project. I'll have all the links posted up. Make sure you check it out. I hope you enjoy the show. This is Ben Sasani. All right, today I am chatting with the one and only Ben Sasani. What's up, brother? How are you? What up, what up? Man, you're like the photographer, world traveler. Oh, <laughs> uh, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, so uh, this whole this whole barbecue confessional thing is just freaking incredible. Um, you know, it's, it's an awesome forum, and uh, I think it keeps everybody uh, excited to see what's next. So uh, we'll, we'll chat a little bit about that. But first, man, wanted to get wanted to get you on so uh, so we can learn about uh, Ben Sasani. Let's hear your story. So let's kind of start where you grew up. Uh, so I grew up. Uh, so I'm obviously I'm Middle Eastern. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, I grew up in the Middle East. I, I was born here. I grew up in the Middle East, and I uh, grew up grew up in the Austin area from about '88 to about 2005 when I moved out of Austin. So I moved to Phoenix for a couple of years for a job, and then I moved back to Houston because my wife is from Houston. She's got a huge family here. My family is not as big, so you know, traveling for five or six people is a little less crazy than it is for you know, 22 first cousins that she's got just in the Houston area, you know. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah, she's got a big family. And so so we're here, and um, you know, I picked up photography right around the time the that she got pregnant with my son, which was about 12 years ago and, uh, not really intending on doing anything other than, you know, having my kids have good pictures as they grew up versus, you know, the, the little, the, the unfocused, the, the, the terrible composition pictures that you see like in our childhood, right? Like you just see just terrible pictures and, and I just wanted to have them have good pictures. So uh, I picked up a camera. A friend of mine um, tried to convince me to shoot a wedding with him, which was scary at the time. 
And uh, so, you know, after a little while, I, uh, I kind of gave in. I go, yeah, I'll come help you. You know, he had a, he had a second photographer already, and I, I just went to be the third guy, just kind of hang out. I was like, man, I could do this. This is not hard. So I, I uh, came back home, kind of put the word out there that, hey, I want to start shooting weddings or whatever. And this is 2006, 2007-ish, end of 2007, actually. And then I booked, like, my first wedding client, which was a um, – co-worker of my brother's for like 700 bucks and uh i had no idea what i was doing so i went and took pictures and edited them the best way i could and whatever and then another friend called me and go hey i want you to shoot my wedding so i shot his wedding and then kind of snowballed from there and i started doing more and more weddings so i was doing by about 2012 i was probably doing about 15 to 20 weddings a year and wow. I, I still I still do weddings, but I don't do them as much just because about around 2011, 2012-ish, I got into um, doing like cultural weddings, like Indian weddings and Persian weddings and Vietnamese weddings and weddings that, that are longer and a lot more expensive than what your normal weddings are, right? So what more people – like it's more more time-consuming, I should say, not really more expensive. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that and I started doing these Indian weddings where, you know, I've, I've, I've done mainly cultural weddings since about 2012 ish uh, or 2011, 2012 is when they start picking up. And, uh, you know, these days I probably do, I don't know, about five or six weddings a year. And, but most of them are multi days, multi hours. You know, I think the longest one they had me book was I think two, two and a half years ago. Where they had me for 31 hours over six days. So, wow. And, yeah. and are, those, are those mostly here in the U.S. or do you travel to India for uh, so Oh, no, no, no. They're mostly here in Houston. Houston has a huge, huge, diverse community in general. And it has a massive, massive Indian and cultural community all, you know, to go alongside with it. So a lot of the Indian weddings happen here. I've shot, I've shot one or two in Austin. I've shot one in Dallas. Uh, but most of them are here and, and, you know, mainly because my wife, she owns her own business. I own a, now I own my own, you know, little shop that we have and I do photography and everything. I try not to travel too much unless they really, really, really insist on me traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of them are here. So most of them that I do are here, you know, I started doing that. And then, uh, I had a blog, actually one of my, one of my very good friends back in the day, had an idea while I was shooting the wedding and he goes, Hey, why don't we go take pictures of the inside of the fridges as chefs at their homes? And I was just like, that's a terrible idea. Like, what are you going to do with this? And he goes, we're going to turn it into a book. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And, you know, unfortunately he passed away before we, we got to get this idea going. So, um, yeah. So, you know, as a, as a kind of a thing it kind of stuck with me, right? And so what I did is about a year or year or so after he passed away, I was like, man, I just I got to do something. I got to do something with that idea. And we had a friend of ours that owned a little taco stand in Austin that that's now closed, and uh, that was friend with both of us, me and my friend Kevin, who who passed away. And we sat there and talked to him, and I was like, man, so Kevin gave me this idea. I don't know what to do with it. You know, where should I go with this? He goes, why don't you go take pictures of, like, these chefs at their homes, and then they hang out and do whatever, and who they hang out with, what kind of food they cook away from home. Because everything you see in restaurants is what? Is the chefs, 
in their aprons, presenting their food, talking about the food, talking about the culture, talking about this. You never hear about personal lives of chefs, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I started doing that. I didn't know where to kind of go with that. A friend of mine who wanted to get into like cookbooks and things like that, she goes, hey, can I do shoot with you? I'm like, yeah, you could be my first one on there. So she was the first person on there, which she she never went into that, but she kind of got the ball rolling. Then I got to get I got to know a couple of more chefs. I got, and then uh, a friend here who's a wedding photographer also, her brother was a um, was an executive chef at a sushi restaurant here who's pretty well known in the community. And so she goes, hey, you should talk to my brother. So I started doing – I talked to him, and he goes, hey, let's do a shoot. So we did a shoot at my friend's house. He cooked burgers and whatever, and a couple of other people came by. And so I uh, started this whole project called Shoot My Chef. And if you go, the website's still there. I've done probably 35 chefs or so around the Houston area. And I actually did a couple of them in the Austin area. So I did that. And I kind of went, you know, spending Sundays with them doing this. And, you know, ultimate plan was to do a book. But, you know, the project was kind of hard to explain to people and so on and so forth. And then as the kids kept getting older, you know, we added things to them. So the only day, so I would be shooting Saturdays, I would be shooting weddings or during the week to shoot weddings. And then the kids go to school. And then the only days I had was Sundays to spend with chefs, which was, which was fine until the kids get busier and busier and you just want to spend time with them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I started, and I don't want to say I started doing less, but I just started being picky in how I shoot and who I shoot with. And I think the last one that I did was about two years ago or a little less than two years ago. So, um, <laughs> You know, I've done I've done I, I, I did two shoots with Austin Simmons from Tris. I did um, a shoot with Hugo Ortega. I did a shoot with man, who else did I do shoot with? A ton of people. I did Felix Flores. You know Felix Flores. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually went I actually went hog hunting with Felix Flores. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I have pictures of him hog hunting with his son. So you really get in the trenches when you're doing these uh, different oh, shoots. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was enjoyable because I would get to know these people because I mean they're they're at home they're relaxed there's no media there's none of that stuff I did I did a shoot with Ziggy uh, Gruber from mm-hmm. Kenny Ziggy's I did a shoot with uh, Justin Turner who uh, owns Bernie's Burger Bus uh, he's he's an amazing like he like and the thing is like these guys have have all become like friends like we're on text like we text each other hey let's go to lunch let's go do this like we're all friends right. And so, um, you know, one of my one of my favorite shoots was um, Bobby Mathos from State of Grace and like La Lucha and all those guys. Like I, we still text back and forth all the time. And Man. so, yeah, and, and there's, there's some amazing people. And if you go on the website, you'll see all like you see everybody on there. Like, you, you know, I don't know if you know Philip Spear in Austin. Philip Philip is an amazing guy. Like he he has a hell of a story. And I, I did the shoot with him you know, as the height of his story was happening with bouts of like with alcohol and rehab and all this stuff. And he changed his life, started running marathons. He's opened up a couple of restaurants. He owns a, uh, he owns a restaurant called Commodore in uh, downtown Austin, which is amazing. I oh, still yeah. haven't been, but the pictures are phenomenal. Like it just looks like a beautiful place. And so, uh, and actually one of the very, very first shoots, actually the third shoot that I ever did was Patrick and Aaron Fijis. Wow. Yeah. So they had just been dating for four months. And, you know, when I asked them to do the shooting, Patrick was still doing pop ups while he was a line cook at Underbelly. And Aaron was the, you know, the, the chef that kind of helped the, the, the concept that, you know, Underbelly and then the rest of the group had with all their all their food. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, when I approached Aaron with the uh, for the shoot, she goes, "Hey, this would be amazing because Patrick has never cooked for me at home." I was like, "All right, let's do a shoot." So we did a shoot, and uh, Patrick, you know, I was there to capture their first meal that Patrick ever cooked for Aaron at home. Wow! <laughs> so it's kind of cool, right? That is really cool. Especially where they are now, you know, with the kid, with 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 the barbecue place and all this stuff. So, you know, as I started getting busier and busier, um, you know, I would do less and less of them. And then, you know, I met like publicists. I met Ronnie Killen's publicist because she was doing other places, uh, other places at, beside Ronnie's place. So I did a few shoots with them. Um, met a bunch of people through this. And so, uh, around 2000 and, and obviously through all this, like I would go to great restaurants and go to barbecue places and all this stuff. And so through all this, um, you know, come 2014 ish, my brother's getting married and I go to Austin and this is, you know, I've gone to Ronnie's pop-ups. I've gone to Corkscrew a couple of times by this time. You know, but I've had great barbecue, but I hadn't gotten into the barbecue world just yet, right? Mm-hmm. So I go to Austin, and my cousin, who is who flew down from LA, he comes down. He goes, "I want to go to Franklin's Barbecue," and I'm like, "Man, like, I, you know, I know the lines are, you know, hours long." So we're like, "All right, whatever." You know, I don't mind doing. It. I just don't want to go stand in line. So we hired. I don't know if you remember this app. It's called TaskRabbit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we hired so we hired TaskRabbit to go stand in line at Franklin's to bring Franklin to us on a Friday. So the lady goes and stands in line and like two hours later, she texted us and she goes, Hey, I got kicked out of line. And we're like, well, like why? Like what happened? And so apparently what happened is uh she was there the day before doing another, you know, little run for somebody else and she was buying whole briskets to give to the people that she was doing the the whatever that, that hired her under TaskRabbit. And so the uh, the guys at Franklin recognized her and she said that they accused her of buying and reselling the brisket and banned her to come, not ever come back to Franklin's ever again. I'm like, great. <laughs> goes like, right? So there, there goes our chance of having Franklin's that day. And she goes, you know, where else can you go? She goes, well, I can go to La Barbecue. La Barbecue is right down the street. And they're kind of the same thing. This is a, this is when Brendan um, Lamb was the pit master at, um, at La Barbecue. Mm-hmm. And so she goes over there and she gets us La Barbecue. And it was great. You know, we had it at the hotel. But obviously having barbecue outside of the barbecue restaurant is a whole different experience. Like you just don't – it's not the same thing, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we had the, we had the food. It was fantastic. The brisket was great. You know, the, the sausage was great. You know, we had a couple of ribs, whatever. So it was amazing. And then, you know, that night we're sitting there, we're sitting around and my cousin looks at me and goes, man, I still want to go to Franklin's. I'm like, man, when, when are we going to go to Franklin's? Like, tomorrow's the wedding, like the wedding itself. And he goes, well, the wedding's not till about three. We can make it. Like, we can make it happen. So we get up at six o'clock in the morning and we go to Franklin's the next day on Saturday. <laughs> we get there we get there about 6:45 you know we're 30th person in line which is <laughs> which was crazy to me because you know like Ronnie's pop-ups he would go and it would move fast it was you know he was still doing the pop-ups at the time he was doing the pop-ups at the at his steakhouse which i live within you know a mile and a half of the the old steakhouse which is the burger joint now Mm-hmm. So I would go over there, hang out, you know, go over there, get the food, bring it back home, eat it, whatever, whatever. So we're still stood there for four and a half hours to get in and then another hour to eat. So we got done. So we got there at 6, 630 in the morning and we leave at 1230. So six and a, six, almost seven hours at Franklin's. 
just to eat the food, <laughs> which was which was great, by, by the way. Oh, yeah. And so and then he's like, man. And then he kept seeing me post pictures of like Killen's barbecue and, you know, corkscrew stuff and all this stuff. And he's like, man, I want to come to Houston and try barbecue in Houston. I was like, man, come down whenever you want. So at the end of uh, so start of 2000, end of 2015 or early 2016, he, he books his flight to come down. I was like, come on down. Let's go. And uh, he, you know, when we get closer, he goes, hey, my buddy wants to come with me. I was like, who's your buddy? He goes, Bert. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, so yeah. And this is before Bert was doing any of anything he's doing now. He's, he's made trips. He's done all this stuff. But he was cooking like on a green egg. And he yep. goes, can Bert come with me? I was like, I never met this guy. But, you know, my cousin went to high school with him. They've known each other for 25 years. I was like, if he's your friend, he's my friend. Bring him on, you know. <laughs> so my cousin comes down. Bert didn't come down till the next day, but my cousin comes down. We go to Lockhart. We do our thing in Lockhart or whatever. I take some pictures over there, and then Bert comes down. Then we go to Corkscrew. We go to Killens. We go to uh, Bernie's Burger Bus. We went to a couple of different places, mm-hmm. and we enjoyed it. Like it was so enjoyable that they came back like three months later. So we started doing these little tours, and uh, you know that was around the time that Bert was getting you know, was getting into offset smokers and was buying like a smoker and then, you know, buying a small one and doing it in the backyard kind of thing. And so around the same time, like he was in, he, he became friends with, uh, with Leonard at, at truth. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know Leonard at the time. So he go when one of those trips that they came down, um, Bert was, we went to snows in the morning and then we were supposed to go come back and go somewhere in Houston and whatever he goes hey let's go to truth i want to meet leonard in person because leonard was helping you know they were talking back and forth and leonard was helping him out a lot and so he goes i want to thank leonard and and just kind of meet him like all right let's go to truth so that morning you know robert taylor uh sierra and like that whole group met us at snow so we all just kind of migrated from snows to to truth and we all met Leonard, kind of hang out. He hung out with us and talked to us and whatever. And uh, we just kind of kept chatting. And then, you know, Bert, Leonard, me, and my cousin Sean, we all just kind of became friends. And mm-hmm. so we did a couple more. Like, we went to Austin. We did another tour. Like, and then. So Bert, Bert had only uh, met him, like, online. And then he met him in person that well, time? or the story, had- the story is, and this is what Bert will tell you. Like, he was, and Leonard would tell you the same thing. Is that they, Bert was, uh, he was cooking on a big green egg and he was doing it. He was, you know, he was doing briskets here and ribs here and there. And he wanted to do more and more of it. So mm-hmm. he bought an offset smoker. And the, uh, the story that I know is that Bert couldn't figure out how to start the fire. Yeah. With the yeah. offset smoker, right? Yeah. So, yeah, he yeah. Mess- so he messages Leonard on Facebook going, hey, I need your help. You know this. And Leonard being the person that he is, he's a great guy and he's willing to help. Yep. He helped, he helped, he explained to Bert, this is how you do this and whatever. And they just kind of kept talking to them and they're, they're great friends now. Yeah. So that's, so that's where, that's where it all started. Okay. And so that was their first meeting ever in person? Person. Yeah. I think that was the, the first time that they met. Oh, okay. yeah. and, but that cool. was the first time I'd met Leonard too. Actually, maybe I'd met Leonard before one time before, but not like, 
sit down and chat with him. We went over there and had food or whatever. Like it was just like going to a barbecue place. Like it wasn't like meeting the guys and you know what we do now, you know? Yeah. 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 And so, um, so that was kind of the start of it. And then we did a couple more and then Bert got into the whole underground thing. And then he kind of blew up with that. He got busy with that. So we haven't done as many tours lately, but then Leonard and I, because I mean, we live here, like we've, we've become better friends. And, uh, so the whole confessional thing is, is while with me, Bert and Sean, my cousin, were doing these tours coming from my, my wedding background, I, I was like, man, I should start like a storytelling blog to tell our story of how we're doing this. And this is, you know, this is way before slab or Trudy's underground, any of that stuff. So I, I registered two domains mm-hmm. for our, for our, uh, for our trips. One of them was barbecue confessional. And the other one was barbecue confidential. And I was like, I'll just let him sit. I'll use them whenever I'll set up, whatever, do whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, as, as we went along and we talked to these people, we went to this place, went to that place as we met more people. And we talked to more people, like everybody has stories, right? Like you hear, like when you go, you hear stories that you would never, ever hear when you're a customer, like mm-hmm. you wouldn't, you would never hear, you know, like, I don't know, Patrick Feiges' story about the, 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 the rancid grease behind killings, <laughs> you know, right. That was an amazing story. Right. But the thing yeah. is you would never hear about it unless Patrick told you because one, that's an embarrassing story. And two, you don't know Patrick well enough for him to tell you that to anybody and everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, I knew that story because I live right down the street from Killens, and I went over there the next day and I remember seeing it. And I'm like, holy shit, like what happened here? And then he told me a story. I'm like, dude, that is embarrassing. Like, that's terrible. <laughs> and, you know, but but I kind of knew that story. So, uh, you know, as we get along, you know, we, we were going to do tours. We brought friends along. Like, you know, a couple of other friends from California came like we went over here, went to Rockets games like we enjoyed this. Like we came in and did a bunch of stuff. And I think the last, last one that we did all together so far was December of 2017, right? Wait, mm-hmm. no, 2018. So last year. Okay. Right, be- right before Truth opened up in Houston. So they came down. We did our thing. We went a couple of different places and so on and so forth. And, and you know, we, they brought friends down. And we went to a Rockets game. We went to this. You know, we hang out. Like, it was a great time. And so um, I really didn't do anything with the with the website just because, you know, in, in the in the in the, the photography realm, like blogs are are kind of on the decline. But, you know, Instagram is coming up. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody posts on Instagram photography wise. I post on Instagram. I have a web page. I have an Instagram for my shoot my chef account. And I have an Instagram for my wedding stuff. I have Instagram for my personal stuff. So I started thinking, I was like, man, I said, you know, these stories are great. How can I tell these stories? And the initial thought process was do like 15 to 20 second, up to a minute is what Instagram has, right? This is before IGTV and all that. I was mm-hmm. like, I said, well, and I could do videos of these people telling their story. And then I started thinking, I go, man, I personally, this is just me, like how I go through Instagram, you scroll, you scroll with something. If it's a video, unless it catches your attention, you don't hit the sound to come on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not gonna, you know, unless, unless it's interesting, like nothing's going to happen. So I was like, man, I don't want to do video. And so I was like, I'll do the, uh, I'll do stories from them and then I'll post it and I'll take a picture of them and do it. And then I'll go, okay, how am I going to post the picture? You know, portraits are my thing. Like, that's what I do. Like I've done that for 13 years now, 14 years. So I love portraits, food. Mm-hmm. 
I'm okay at. Like, I'm not the best at food. Like, I can take pictures of food, but it's not it's not my forte. But you know, it's not it's not hard to take a picture of food once you understand how to take pictures of of food. You just got to get practice at. Mm-hmm. And so like I said, man, I post enough pictures and, you know, on Instagram in general, you see everybody post pictures of food. And if you go through, you know, the hashtags that they use, every picture looks exactly the same as the next one. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's not a, there's not a single person that that stands out. And so I was like, man, I don't want to post I don't want to post colored pictures. And so I was like, I see, you know what? I really I've always loved black and white in general. Like I, when I was in high school, I used to do pencil drawings and I never drew with color pencil. I always drew with black and white, which I have like four or five of them hanging in my house from like 93, 94. That shows my age. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so I was like, man, I said, I should do these in black and white. So I, I took like a couple of pictures, did a black and white thing and, you know, I created the Instagram account, let it sit probably, Around last year, this time is when I started. Maybe, maybe a little bit later. Um, and it just kind of sat. I was like, man, I need to make sure that I get this. I don't want to say get it right, but I just kind of get everything like connected correctly. Mm-hmm. And so I went out to LA and uh, started this year. I want to say in January or February of this year, and uh, to go eat at, at Bert's restaurant, and then you know visit my cousin, visit my family, you know hang out with people, and so on and so forth. And so I went and. Um, I was like, Bert, you're going to be the first person on this just because obviously this whole idea became around when before he was starting and, you know, he he'd kind of gone from from being the person that was, you know, I knew to the person that everybody knows now. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, see, you're going to be the first one. So he kind of gave me a story and I didn't know where the stories were going to go. So I took a picture of him and then I did a picture of Andrew. I met Andrew out there uh, from Moosecraft. We did a picture of him. Um, and then, uh, you know, I've kind of posted them, used a couple of hashtags and whatever. And then I came back home and I'm like, all right, who should I, who should I, who should I reach out to? So I reached out to a couple of people I knew, obviously, you know, Patrick Hernandez, I, I reached out to Leonard, I reached out to, you know, um, like R. Ash. I don't know if you know R. Ash is from, uh, from, he used to be at Beavers. Um, mm. cause he used to, used to do barbecue. Like he's, he's done barbecue, <clears throat> done barbecue with, with Aura from, uh, Harlem Road. Um, mm-hmm. so he's done, so he's in the barbecue world. And so I reached out to them. I was like, I need stories. And then, you know, obviously Aaron and Patrick and, you know, my cousin and, and, um, everybody else that I kind of knew. And then went to snows, did a thing with them. And then the stories got really good when it got to about corkscrew and like Will Buckman. Mm-hmm. I went and I was like, I said, Hey, I just need a story from you guys. Like I said, I want a story. Like I, you know, I, I told them, it's like, I need stories that, not everybody would hear like people wouldn't know the story because there is, there are stories of how barbecue places started. There's stories of how you started, what you used to do. Like, I don't want to hear that shit. I want, mm-hmm. I want stories that are more personal to you that you just kind of go, Hey, I'm you tell buddies over a couple of beers sitting at a bar and go, man, you wouldn't believe what happened today or you wouldn't believe this shit. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Right. <laughs> so, so that's kind of where, and then, you know, Will and Nicole texted me, go, we got some good stories for him. I'm like, oh, great. So here, so I went to the Woodlands one day, just kind of hang out with them before they opened. And they told me the stories. And it's kind of where it, I want to say, took off because, you know, Will's story was 
when he made Daniel Vaughn's list in 2013, he was using, mm-hmm. you know, Walmart brisket. Mm-hmm. I remember right. reading that one. Yep. And I was like, damn, like that's, you know, that's impressive for, for a guy like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Nicole's story was, she didn't know how to cut the brisket. She didn't do this. And you know, the, she was scared. The, the, the prison had, uh, you know, ordered <laughs> brisket for the guards and she ruined it and just went over, just dropped yeah. it off any money and just kind of ran right yeah and those those both were were two of my oh, favorites too yeah yeah you know, while nicole i don't know if it was just nicole nicole or because of nicole or if it was the fact of the story or whatever like she was she got a lot like she, for an account that only had a couple of hundred followers like she got a whole lot of views out of it Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they shared it. So they got like 40 comments on that thing. They got, you know, a whole bunch of likes. Like people were just texting me like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Their barbecue is amazing. Their barbecue is this. I'm like, all right, we, we're on to something, right? So we're on to something. <laughs> so we got stories. So I told people, I was like, I need good stories. So went through, you know, went through a bunch of things. And then one of uh, one day I was at Truth and Leonard goes, man, you need to talk to my boy Reed over here. I was like, OK, why? He goes, he's got a good story for you. So I went over there and talked to Reed. And, you know, Reed's story was um, when he was doing barbecue on his own, he took ribs to like a private party for like Paul Wall and all these guys and Baby Bash and all these guys in Houston. And uh, as they were eating the ribs, like he was about to ask him how the ribs were, like SWAT busted in, raided the party. And, you know, he never found out. Oh, Yeah. Paul Wall thought of this, the, the ribs, right? So, you know, the crazy thing is, you know, I tagged all these people in there, tag Paul Wall, and Paul Wall comes into my comments and goes, man, the ribs were amazing, or, you know, whatever. I'm like, shit, there you go. And then, you know, and then two days after Reed's post, Paul Wall goes to Truth. Oh, so, man. I was like, man, it's kind of cool that, you know, we post the story. Like, I don't know if it had anything to do with me, or maybe he was just already going there, but it was just kind of cool, like, kind of a coincidence, right? Yeah. And so. Awesome. So, yeah, so it's kind of grown from there. Now, you know, it's gotten really good with the stories. Like, I went to Austin for a couple of days. I went to San Antonio and Austin. You know, talked to Miguel, talked to John Brotherton, talked to uh, Isol, talked to a few other people, and I posted them. And then, um, you know, I reached out to Ronnie because he's he's all over the place between all of the restaurants. So he's not in one place at one time. So I reached out to Ronnie, and he goes, man, I got a great story for you, too. So I went over there and talked to Ronnie, did a story about him. And, you know, his story was amazing just because it's, you know, the, it, it, it encompasses the Ronnie that you know now, right? Like the stories mm-hmm. are all, everything is, everything is, is, is grand with Ronnie and yep. his story and his story was, you know, winning a contest that he bought a, you know, 30 or $40 or 55 gallon drum <laughs> barrel and winning $5,000 and cooking for uh, Bush senior. Like that's, that's a hell of a story. And this is before. Yeah. Any of this, anything that anybody knew about. And so, you know, I kind of kept going at it. I talked to Wayne Mueller. I went over to talk to Wayne one day. And, you know, I'd never met Wayne in person. Like, I always knew who he was and just kind of ate the food or whatever. And, you know, Wayne just being Wayne, him and I ended up sitting there and talking for six hours straight, you know, on top of the story that he told me. I believe that. But you know, Wayne, like, you know, he's, he is a, uh, he's a philosopher in mind in general. Like he's not, it's not all about barbecue. It's about everything else because he's an engineer at heart and he's, he's just, his mind in general thinks differently. 
And by the way, that's that's probably one of my favorite portraits. That you yes. have. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that's so a really good. His, so my two favorite portraits so far are his. Well, I got a few favorite ones, but like his and John Brotherton's are my my two favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just because just be, you know, and John John is just kind of chilling at his at his you know little little trailer that he has the pit in or whatever. I was just like, just sit on the step. Let's see what we got. You know, I just kind of want to try different things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the story goes within. And then the Wayne story, and you know, Wayne's story is as grand as Wayne, too, right? Like, you know, Wayne is, everybody considers him this this god of barbecue in the barbecue yeah. world. And the story that he told about cooking, you know, a thousand rack of ribs at hometown barbecue and all this was his, like, that's an amazing story. Kind of like Ronnie's story goes with him. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, and as I was going along, you know, I, I uh, what's his name? Evan Leroy texted me. He goes, man, I got a good story for you. I was like, what's the story? He goes, I can't tell you. I got to tell you in person. So I went to Austin a couple of times, kind of missed him. And then, uh, you know, I went to uh, I drove to Chicago with Leonard to kind of help out, you know, to do whatever, because not that he was shorthanded, but he just I was like, I said, I'll go, you know, Windy City. Uh, went over there and Evan told me his story about the whole Austin record statesman thing, which was, I thought it was hilarious. That was, that was crazy. I can't even imagine that happening. <laughs> yeah. And so while we were in Chicago, like I met the guys from Hoodoo, like those guys are amazing too, right? Like there were mm-hmm. two booths down from us. Like we were just having a great time. You know, met those guys, met a couple other people, reached out to a couple of people. What I, what I wanted this account, like I didn't want it to just be like restaurant owners. I didn't want it to just be, you know, pit masters and people that are like in the trenches, like working. Like I want it to be random. Like I want it to be everybody in the community. Right. Mm-hmm. But what I don't want is I don't want everybody and their, their, their brother going, Hey, I got a story for you. And then they tell me a story. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's worth sharing or not because it means not every story is a great story. Right. 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 So, but everybody's got a story. Yeah. So, it seems, it seems like people aren't, afraid of being embarrassed anymore now (laughs) it's like i want to give you the i want to give you the best story possible so like you said they're just getting better and better and and the crazy thing is is when i went to when i went to valentino and was sitting there talking to miguel you know he told me a story one or or the first story that he told me which was a pretty good story and uh his phone rings and he gets up and like in the middle of a phone call like he stops and he goes man I got a better story for you. I'm like, just finish from call. Just tell me the story. And that was the story that he told me, right? Like the guy yeah. almost going into the firebox drunk, like head first. And he had to tackle him and the guy was cussing him out or whatever. And I was like, dude, that's a great story. Like we're, we're just going to tell that story. And so, uh, you know, and it kind of kept, kept going along and, you know, I got Cody's thing. I went to Huda. So went to New York food and wine festival with Leonard again, this was three weeks ago. And, um, Went over there, had a great time, made some time to go up to Hoodoo with Bert and my brother that lives up in the New York area. And like we went up there, had a blast with the guy with Chris and and, and Cody. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now it's just kind of getting to a point. Then I come back and Daniel Vaughn messages me and he goes, I got a story for you. I'm like, OK, like, you know, I, 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 and the thing is, I talked to him about this when he was here for the, the charity dinner that uh, Truth did for Beast Crackling back like in March. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was like, say, man, whenever you have a story for me, let me know. We'll meet up, do whatever. And he goes, no problem. I'll think of one. I'll let you know. Took six months. <laughs> right? Hey, this so, was worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so he reaches out and he goes, man, he goes, I got a story for you. And, you know, lo and behold, I was going to um, 
I was going to, what is it, the, the Butcher's Ball that weekend. Mm-hmm. And I go, are you coming to the Butcher's Ball? He goes, yeah, I'm sitting on a panel or whatever. And I go, let's do it. So I went over there, met him. And as he's telling me his story, like I'm sitting here. So he's recording it on my phone on, on the voice memo. And I'm sitting here listening to it. And I'm like, oh, that's a cool story. Like Big Ben, all this stuff. Like I, I love Big Ben. I go out to Big Ben at least once a year, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm familiar with the area. And he's like, yeah, he goes, I went to, you know, db's barbecue i was like i know exactly where that is and he goes yeah he goes we're over here we're over here and then he told me the story and then he got to the point of like the sneeze and you know like <laughs> the run to the bathroom i'm like oh my god like are you kidding me <laughs> so at like as soon as it got done i'm sitting here thinking to myself i'm like man that's an amazing story so i go damn <laughs> Like, are you sure? Like, you want me to show you? He goes, yeah, man. He goes, confessional. I might as well make it a great confessional, right? And that's the best one I have. I'm like, all right. So if you want to tell me, tell publicly, I will gladly do it. I posted it. And, man, my texts were blowing up. My private message was blowing up. That thing got like 100 comments on there. And I'm sitting here going, wow. Like, that's crazy. You know, I had to go back and rewatch the episode that he was on that he was talking about just to see what he was talking about because I already watched it. <laughs> yeah, I need to rewatch it too. Yeah, yeah. You see, it, see it totally differently after you see, you know, you read the story and know the story, right? Yeah, I mean, and it does exactly what you want it to do. I mean, a lot of times people think of Daniel Vaughn and they think of this guy that's just like, you know, like, well, like when you're a kid and you think of your teacher as just this, yeah, you know, this being, right? That's that's not not human or something, and this really like humanizes you. I mean, this. That's- and that's kind of what I want with this account is because everybody puts like pitmasters and they put all these restaurant owners and you put all these people like on a pedestal, right? Like they're gods. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, you don't realize that there's a person behind all this. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the struggle behind all this. Like there's there's a there's a there's a business behind all this. Right. Like they're trying to make money just like everybody else is trying to make money. It's not all about the food. Like if it was if it was about the food, like everybody would be doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. But these, pe- these people are putting their lives at risk, their money at risk, their investments at risk just to make this barbecue thing happen. And what you're seeing is you've seen a whole lot of things happen where people doing pop-ups and, you know, they're working five days a week and then they're doing pop-ups on the weekend and busting their ass. You know, like you got, what's his name, Eddie O that's doing it. And, you know, he does pop-up every weekend. Mm-hmm. He, has a, he has a job during the week, right? You know, yep. you see all these people that are doing it and – from that, you get to a point where you, you know, your dream is to own a restaurant. Well, the dream of opening up a restaurant is not exactly the easiest thing because, man, restaurants fail in general, right? Mm-hmm. So, you, so that's where the struggle begins. So that's where the, the stories come from, all the stuff that you're building and getting to that point. And I, I just wanted to kind of tell that story. So, you know, um, that's that's where I'm going with this. And that's hopefully hopefully we can grow it into something that's uh, – it's more of a, a culture thing versus just an Instagram account, right? So, you know, yeah. be, tell stories and share stories. I'm kind of working on a couple of things to kind of expand how I cultivate stories because people text me, like, I've got a story for you. And like, people text me stories. I'm like, okay, 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 just hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, I don't, like, I don't want to, I don't want everybody to go, hey, I want to be on here and expect me to go take your picture tomorrow because obviously, you know, I have schedules, I have a business to run, I have photography stuff, I have this, I have family, I have travel and all this stuff. So, Mm-hmm. Um, like I want people to be on there, but you know, I don't want to say I'm, I want, I want to be picky on who's on there, but I want to hear the stories and I want to talk to the people. Like every time I go, 
it's not get the story and done and I'm leaving. I go over there and spend, you know, maybe an hour, hour and 10 minutes. Like people bring, you know, they bring food. And even though I don't eat all the food, like I, I sit there and we sit there over a meal and we, we talk about this stuff. Right. So it's a personal thing and I want it to be a personal thing. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of where I want it to go. And I'm trying to figure out how to expand it past the whole Instagram thing, thing to cultivate it into a, um, you know, where, where people are sharing stories and then we can pick and choose from those stories to be able to tell. And, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is probably a Facebook group, which I'm probably going to set up in the next probably few days mm-hmm. um, and invite people and see if people want to invite their friends to be in there and talk kind of like barbecue groups, right? Everybody goes mm-hmm. in pictures and all this stuff. And this can be a group about sharing stories like, Hey, you wouldn't believe what happened here. Or tell me a story that's here's an embarrassing story. Here's a great story. Like I like great stories, you know? Yeah. I, I think the, the biggest thing is not having or having stories on there that you can relate to that. You can feel something when you're, when you're reading it, like even heritage barbecue or, or yeah. moose or, uh, Brett's barbecue shop that had to throw away all that food and and he ended up buying Italian food yeah. you know, and and was in the hole there you know and and people calling the health department and and getting shut down and like man you feel you feel for these folks and you cringe and they're, because they're post they're taking money out of their pocket to feed you because they love doing this and you know obviously bad things happen sometimes and you just kind of got to roll with it so if you're losing money it is what it is sometimes right yep yeah so, then you have the stories like you know like this hilarious one you know uh with daniel vaughn and and then yeah. uh, you, you know bro- uh, brotherton stepping in and and feeding brett's uh folks out you know out at dell you know so yeah it, there's all these connections that happen with your stories. Uh, I love the black and white because uh, it sticks out. As soon as you, you know, you're yep. scrolling, you see this black and white, really cool portrait of these folks. Yeah. And then, and then it really tells a cool story and man, I just love it. I, I think that, you know, now that, now that it's going, you have, uh, it, it's the flip side, right? Now it's like, man, I need less stories. I got so many dang stories. People yeah, want but me. I mean, but, I, but what I want is I don't want the stories coming at me in 10 different directions, right? I want the stories to be able to be told in a, a I don't want to say a, a line or in a form or fashion or whatever. Like I want stories, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm, like right now what I'm doing is I'm reaching out to people and going, hey, do you have a story for me? Do you have a story for me? Do you have a story for me? But then now, more people are reaching out going, hey, I got a story for you, kind of like Daniel, kind of like, you know, like Evan Leroy, kind of like all these people. Like, I got a great story for you, man. Like, I want to be able to tell a story to you because what they're seeing, and I'm not saying these people saw it, but like these people are seeing that, hey, everybody's showing stories and go, man, I got a good story I can share. And people mm-hmm. are racking their mind to see what it is. So if, you know, you have a place like a Facebook group or whatever that everybody's kind of in there. People are going, man, I got a great story and, you know, other people can react to the story and whatever. But then I can come in there and I can grab that story and I can tell it in more of a detail from them and then have a picture that goes along with that person. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, in a Facebook group, you have a few hundred people or a couple of thousand people. But then on Instagram, you reach thousands of people. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, if you have all this you know, where can it go? Like, uh, you know, a couple of friends suggested that I do a book, you know, kind of do a book on this. 
mm-hmm. and you know, kind of got the, got the wheels rolling, like turning in my head. And I was like, man, maybe I should do that. So I talked to uh, talked to UT Press, and they, you know, in their realm of doing barbecue books, like they do a bunch of barbecue books. Like they send me all their barbecue books, and I want to say they send me like six or seven barbecue books. Um, and so I reached out to them and we talked to them and they go, man, it's a great idea and all this, but we feel that it's too close to white McSpadden stuff, which I tell them the story of barbecue. Right. And so, um, hmm. I texted, uh, you know, a couple of other friends. One of them was Elliot Moss. I texted him. I go, Hey, you have a book, you have a publisher. Like, uh, do you mind introducing me? Because I want to get, I want to pick their brain, not necessarily somebody go, Hey, I want to pick up the book and I want to publish this book right now. Let's do it. Because I mean, I only have 65 posts on this account. Like I don't expect anybody to pick up a book with 65 posts at all. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I talked to the guy and he gave me a couple of pointers about things and he goes, Hey, you need to do this, this and this, and maybe do this and maybe add some stuff and add this and add that. I'm like, all right, no problem. So I think now I'm going to, uh, I'm just kind of kind of grow the community behind this because now that there's a community and people are talking about it. Um, so I want to get to that point of, Hey, people sharing stories with everybody, but then I jump in and grab those stories and put them on there and just kind of make them an eternal thing. Right. Like just kind of you, you're there. You can go back and look at that story versus having to search, you know, Facebook groups or whatever. Yeah. And like I wanted to kind of cultivate into one thing. So that's kind of where I want to go with this, but we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Like I'm not, I don't want to say I have high hopes for it, but I have hopes. Like I have hopes and dreams and I have an idea of what I want to do with it. Let's just see if that idea matches up with where this goes. Yeah. What's cool about it is, Hey, you have a job, you have a career, you're doing this for fun. You know, we have hopes and dreams that it becomes something bigger, but it's growing organically and it's just, it's just fun, you know, that yeah. these stories are just so incredible to me. The the Lance Kirkpatrick story to me yeah, was, was just amazing. awesome, man. I mean, you just feel what he's feeling when yeah. when when his dream restaurant goes down and, you know, that all of these these stories that hit the heart and uh, and sometimes they make you, you know, sometimes they make you cry, sometimes they make you laugh and, you know, that's what we want. So, man, keep doing what you're doing. It's definitely something that I know me. I'm a huge fan. I know everyone else sure. that I know that we've talked to uh, enjoys all of the cool stories, man. Uh, I, I love, you know, and I love doing it. So it's, you know, if for me, it's who can I who can I talk to next? Who can I who can I approach next that has a story? And some people don't want to tell stories. Like I, I get that. Like I've reached out to a few people and they go, yeah, whatever. We'll see. We'll get back to you. I haven't gotten back to me. Like it doesn't hurt my feelings mm-hmm. because I know, I know from, from the, the shoot my chef project thing that not everybody, not everybody wants to share their private lives or private stories, which I get, like, I understand that. Um, so I, I don't hold it personally against them. I mean, I still go to their place and I'll hang out and talk to them and whatever, and whatever they're ready to do it. Like it took Daniel Vaughn six months to, to, to get a story to give me. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't expecting him to give me any story. I just told him about the account when I saw him and I go, man, whenever you come up with an account or with a story, like I want to know the story. And he's the one that reached out to me, which kind of validates what I'm doing is when somebody is always thinking of, Hey, what kind of stories can I tell? Yeah. Is so, there any, is there anyone you're looking forward to uh, hearing from or interviewing? Um, 
you know, right now, like what I want to do, you know, last time I was over there when I talked to Catherine Styles and, and Lance, um, I didn't get a chance, chance to talk to Shane. I just talked to him this last weekend at Texas Monthly Barbecue. I want, like, I would love to hear a story from him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sonny Moberg, I, I talked to him and he's like, man, I would love to tell you a story. So I want to get, I want to go over there and talk to Sonny. Um, there's, there's people in, in Austin that I want to see. There's a bunch of people in Houston that I still haven't seen. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, like I want to go, I want to make it up to the Dallas area. Like I'm already talking to uh, to our buddy Michael Fulmer to go make like a trip into Dallas because I haven't had all the craft barbecue that they have up there. Right. Yeah. And so I want to I want to go up there and try like the follows and I want to try, you know, I want to go over to 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 West Texas and go to like um where's the Evie Mays and I want to go to Tyler's and I want to go to all these places. And, and I saw them at Texas monthly, but I don't want to bug people at Texas monthly or, or at events just because I know you're there feeding the line. And for you to come and talk to me, like that's taking time away from the group, right? Like I don't want to do that. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I would love to go do that. I'm actually in a couple of weeks, I'm going out to big bend and I told, uh, Mark Scott, the convenience West, I'm like, I'm going to come see. Like, Sweet. I'm already going out there, right? Yeah. So I was like, am I already going to be out in Big Ben? I'm going to come see you. So when are you open? It goes Friday through Sunday, you know, 5 o'clock. I was like, I'll be there Friday at 5 o'clock. Like, I'll come see you. And so uh, I want to go over there and I want to try the food. I wanna, you know, I met him at – he was actually at the Butcher's Ball a couple of weeks ago. So I'm, I saw him there and I met him there. And he goes, man, come on, whenever you want to go. I was like, dude, I'll be out there next month. Like, I'm going to come see you. Like, I know you're down the street. So if I'm already in West Texas – it's just a matter of me driving to come see you. So I'm going to go see him. I'm going to try to get a hold of uh, um, DBs over there by Big Bend, but mm-hmm. I don't know what his hours are. Um, I know his Instagram account. Like, I don't know if they post enough or whatever, but um, I have to get in touch with him. Maybe maybe I'll text Daniel to see if I can get in touch with him or whatever. And, um, but I know I've passed that place a thousand times when I've been to Big Bend. Because I go over mm-hmm. there and I go past it to go to the bars at Terralingua and I come back to my hotel going past it again, you know. <laughs> well, man, I'm going to be making a couple of runs out uh, in December out to West Texas, so uh, maybe we'll link nice. up. Yeah, yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, if I'm, I mean, if I'm free, you know, between I, I try to plan all these trips between like the kids and yep. the extracurricular activities and school and my wife and then my business and all this stuff and you know I have a little tea shop that's over here in the Clear Lake area, like we run that. Like everything, like all of this stuff, like it's just a moving puzzle. Like you have to figure all of this stuff out at the same time and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I mean, it's just, you know, I don't want to, I don't want, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to compete with anybody. I'm not here to, um, you know, say I'm a better photographer than anybody. Like everybody posts pictures. Like if you go to my personal Instagram account, I have, <clears throat> you know, I have oversaturated pictures of, of food like everybody else does. Like I'm not, I'm no different than anybody else, but I just feel like black and white portraits in general tell a different story than, you know, color pictures do. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, just growing up when I was, you know, a teenager drawing black and white, like I love black and white and then going and every time I see a black and white picture, like it kind of draws me to it. And, uh, as much as I love color and I love, you know, and, and, it's kind of contradictory for me to say that because when I shoot Indian weddings, there's zero black and white because Indian weddings in general are so colorful and yeah. so beautiful that you just feel bad turning them to black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, you know, if I'm doing this, I'm going to do it in black and white and everything's yeah. going to be black and white about 
you shared some of the color ones and it man yeah. it just it changes the whole portrait it's crazy yeah. it's so and pe- crazy and the thing is that when i shared when i shared those in my stories mm-hmm. people texted me and they go man you know how those who said this um tom the uh the what's his name uh the the doctor that went all the way out to to Pody. Oh, here, uh, Toshi? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he goes, man, he goes, and on, on Facebook, he commented, he goes, you know those old, like, early 1900 pictures that people colorize? I was like, yeah. He goes, that's what this feels like. I'm like, that's so weird because now that you <laughs> say that, I can't I can't unsee it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. That's what, that's what that is. So now, you know, when I post the, black, the color pictures, like, color ones are fine, but people prefer – the black and white with the stories because you don't have to concentrate on the picture. Like the picture to the story is secondary, mm-hmm. right? The story, the story is first. And then you look at the picture and go, man, like that guy, yeah. right? Like, holy crap. Like that's crazy. And then when you see that person next, what do you do? First thing you do is talk about that story. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, yeah. And, 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 and to kind of prove that point, Daniel Vaughn, at Texas Monthly Barbecue, like on Sunday, he was on stage with uh, Kelsey. Oh, yeah. From, uh, from, and they talked about it. Like Kelsey, he, he came up to me and he goes, man, Kelsey told me, he goes, I can't believe you told that story. <laughs> that kind of validates the whole thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so if you're talking about it on a stage in front of a thousand people, it is what it is. Oh, my goodness. That was so awesome. That was so awesome. All right, man. Well, heck, it's it's always fun running into you, man. Uh, you're, you're such a approachable guy, such a friendly guy, and I I appreciate you know, it. It's it's been awesome, you know, meeting you in in L.A. and then running into you at all of these different events. Uh, it's just just always great to see you. Uh, Thanks, glad man. To, yeah, glad to call you my buddy, and hopefully we can uh, we can maybe go on a on a run uh, sometime together. I'm I'm planning to to do uh, some Houston also Houston area. Yeah, if you're in Houston, hit me up. We'll, uh, you know, we'll go to different places, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll hit you up on that. You know, in my podcast, um, I always end with a with one question, and it's, I guess, it's my version of the confessional. But you know, I I work in corporate America, and and I interviewed a ton of folks, and you know, one of the questions I like to ask is. Uh, for you to tell us something about yourself that uh, maybe most people won't know? Uh, something that they don't know. Um, shit, it, could be a, it could be a confessional, too, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean confessional. You can embarrass yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to think. Like, see, now they put me on the spot. Like, I got to think. Right God, I can't think of anything about me. That's, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of an open book. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem telling stories, you know? Something about me that you probably wouldn't know. For me, a lot of people don't get to meet my wife, right? Yeah. So, you know, and and one thing, and and the thing is, like, when I go out with places, like, it's not just the two of us that go because somebody's got to take care of the kids and we got, you know, the kids get gymnastics and all this stuff. So, you know, back in the day, and this is nothing recent, but back in the day when, um, you know, I used to talk about her, like, we've been together for 20, almost 21 years, right? So we've been married for... 13 years and you know throughout all this time there's there's not many people that have met her Mm -hmm. right and that is not because of you know i want to keep her hidden it's none of that stuff uh but i remember going to you know hang out with a bunch of people this is years ago back when we lived in austin like 
you know, people were like, oh, where's is she coming? Is she hanging out? I'm like, no, she's hanging out. She's going here. So she's out of town or whatever. And I remember when uh, I took her one time to like a group outing or something with me, you know, somebody walked up to me and they go, holy crap, she does exist. Like they thought that I was making her up as this whole time. <laughs> you know, I was just like, why, like, why would I make up all this stuff? And, you know, I, I, I post pictures of her. Like it is what it is. But I mean, she's. Her interests are different than my interests. Like when I bring barbecue, like she doesn't want to go have barbecue with me. Yeah. Unless, I, unless it's, you know, unless it's like all oh, family's going, we're hanging out. Like she is not into going and standing in line and chit chatting or like she's a homebody. She would rather stay home and stay in bed and watch Netflix, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. I can, I can relate, man. My wife is like, I don't want my hair smelling like smoke. Uh-uh, I'm not oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, but the thing is now that, you're, you know, for example, like I know Leonard better. Like I know Abby, his, I know his girlfriend, like everything, like we all know each other now. So when we, you know, we go out and we hang out, she'll go with mm-hmm. us, but it's not barbecue related. Like we're just going out as friends. Like we go out and hang out or go to dinner. Like we invite them to dinner because, you know, um, we go out to, uh, like Chinatown a lot because, you know, she's, she's Asian and we, we, I love Asian food. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so whenever we go out to Chinatown, like people kind of like barbecue, everybody's like, man, I want to go to Chinatown with you because, you know, Chinatown's kind of, uh, intimidating in Houston. Like you don't want to just go because you don't know where you're going and what you're eating mm-hmm. and you want to go to the good places. So people are like, I want to go with you. So that was kind of when, when I told Leonard, I was like, hey, man, let's go. Like, we just go to uh, to Crawfish and Noodle. Like, we went to Crawfish and Noodle, and we took them. And it, it was, like, 15 to 18 people at a table with, like, Leonard and Abby. Like, he, he got to experience, like, how our family just sits down and eats. Like, we don't eat with two or three people. We eat, like, with 20 people. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, when you know, for, for her, when she comes around these events that I go to that are not in her hobby, people are like, oh, Oh, you do exist, <laughs> you know. So it's it's that's probably one of the few things, but most people yeah. most people know her. Yeah. Well, I don't. Maybe one of these days uh, we'll run yeah, into each other, break some bread together. Yeah. Man, well, I really appreciate it, brother. Thanks a lot for all you do. I mean, you're doing a lot for barbecue. I'm glad you include um, a lot of my friends out here in California as well as in Texas because you're you're really spreading the word you know to everyone so i appreciate everything you do do hopefully maybe you can do some like uh, a netflix series with like tv reenactments or something and we can get uh, <laughs> daniel bond to redo the shark you know <laughs> that's so funny yeah i mean maybe one day we'll get to let's let's figure out how to grow the community first and then get to like i can i can see this being into turning into like a um you know, round table, like storytelling, you know, not, not necessarily reenactment, but just, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Go, going, going that way. But I mean, we got a one step at a time, hopefully, you know, some, some fireside chats there. Yeah, for sure. Well, great, man. I appreciate you taking the time, my brother. And, uh, man, I, I can't wait to see you again. We'll, uh, hopefully link up, uh, soon. Let me know whenever you're back out here in California as well. There. I'll be out there before you know it. I told Danny I'm going to try to make it out to his grand opening. So if I make it out there, I'll see you there. Ah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. All right, my brother. Well, take care and uh, have a great rest of your week. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the I Crush Barbecue Show. Remember, if you like the show, 
please help us reach more listeners by leaving us a five-star rating on your favorite app. Subscribe to get all past and future episodes and share with your friends. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at iCrushBBQShow. Or just email me at iCrushBBQShow at gmail.com. Don't forget to tag us with your favorite picks. We'd love to see what you're crushing. Until next time, keep crushing that cube.